0: Welcome to our study on the book of James. Today we're gonna to be looking at James chapter 1, verses 2-12. through 12. And here we will find that James is gonna tell us how to turn trials into triumphs. You know, so many times people think that when they accept Jesus Christ into their heart and become a Christian, that all of their troubles are gonna disappear, only to find out that it's not true, is it? That they find themselves unprepared for these trials and get discouraged all too often we approach trials as being difficult and we start groaning and complaining simply because we don't understand the purpose for them well ladies as we continue in our study today we will see how our response and our heart attitude contributes to our Christian maturity we will see how God uses trials to mold and shape us into what he wants us to be, to bring honor and glory to his name. Well, after a brief introduction in verse one, James immediately jumps right in and gives us essential elements to have victory over our trials. Each of these essential elements asks us to evaluate our own reactions, our values, and our perceptions. Well, ladies, there are four particular elements that Warren Wearsby points out that James is gonna tell us. So let's look at those. The first element is having a joyful attitude. We'll see this in James chapter one, verse two. And then the next element is an understanding mind in verse three. Then in verses four, we will see the next element is to have a surrendered will. And then verses five through eight, the last element is that we will have a heart that wants to believe. Well ladies, trials come in many forms, don't they? They are a part of life and we need to be prepared for when they come into our lives. Let's look at James chapter one and let's read verse two. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now it doesn't say if here, it says when. And then flip over a few pages to 1 Peter chapter 4 and let's look at verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Now ladies, you see what's happening here. You have two verses that are telling you you're going to have trials and not to think it strange when they do come. The question is, how will we go through them? As victims or as victors? Well, let's continue in our study on James. Let's reread chapter one, verse two, and we'll continue this time through verse four. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Oh, aren't these such comforting words, ladies? Remember, as we saw last week, James was writing to persecuted Christian Jews. They were not living the easy life. Remember, Saul of Tarsus was going house to house, pulling Christians from their homes and throwing them into prison. So they were not having an easy time. They were fleeing, and yet they were having several problems in their personal lives and in their church fellowship. Well, James compassionately identifies with them. In verse 2, he says, my brethren, meaning my brothers and sisters in Christ. He knows what they are going through he too is going through the various trials and persecution. Then he continues and he exhorts them, knowing that at this time they are going through these trials. He says, count it all joy. Well, ladies, this is a remarkable command. We are to choose to be joyful in situations where joy would naturally be our last response. Now, when I talk about joy, does this mean that we are to laugh through our trials? Oh, absolutely not. Some trials can be, you know, like a little pebble in our shoe that pricks us and irritates us each time we walk, right? And others can be just gut-wrenching and life-changing experiences. But here, James is encouraging us to have pure joy in the face of trials now he is not asking us to pretend to be happy ladies rejoicing goes beyond happiness doesn't it it is an inner peace that only God can give us happiness centers on earthly circumstances right and how well things are going here but yet joy centers on God and his presence in our experience It is possessing a spirit of joy, an attitude of joy, and a perseverance as we face the trials in our life. Now this joyful attitude comes from knowing, as we see in verse 3, that God is allowing this trial in our life for a reason and a purpose. Ladies, we need to be able to see the trial through the eyes of God and know that he is there to see us through it and that there is a greater purpose beyond ourselves that we are going to embrace. So when we're falling into these various trials, the various means variegated trials, trials of many colors. So these are trials that come in all shapes, all forms, right, from financial problems to health issues to moral issues, accidents, when you lose a loved one, there are so many ways that trials can affect us, right? They can be small trials to huge life changing trials. In fact, Peter used the same word for various trials in first Peter one six. Let's look over to that. It says in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be you have been grieved by various trials. It's so comforting when you think about going through the trials that it is only going to be for a little while. Ladies, this is not our home, right? We're only going to suffer these trials here on earth for a little while and then we're going to go home to be with the Lord. Now you can respond to trials in many ways, can't you? But how you respond reflects on your Christian walk. Ladies, where are you in your Christian walk? How mature are you? Well, I wanna put a face to trials. My cousin has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, and the diagnosis was not good. He's a young gentleman, has a wife and children, and he could have cried out and said, why God, why me? and simply give up and turn away from God but he didn't he sought to believe that this was for a reason and a purpose and he sought wisdom and guidance from God now his attitude wasn't why me but what do you want to teach me Lord through this now his body was at a stage where he could not take regular chemo and he was losing weight losing his hair but he didn't give up on God In fact, God then opened a door for him to participate in an experimental chemo infusion program, which seems to be working. In fact, he has gained some weight back, his hair has come back, and he actually went back to work this last week. We find out more pretty soon within the next few weeks about how this drug is really affecting his cancer cells. But the main point that I want to point out here is that my cousin didn't groan and complain in the midst of this trial, that he found pure joy, ladies, as James tells us, and he has been a remarkable testimony for Christ. Now, on the other hand, I have a friend whose husband was murdered in front of her and her grandchild. Now, she went to a very dark place. She got mad at God for allowing this. Now her and her husband were very active in their church and they were very active in their community but ladies this shook her faith so she turned from God in a time of her need instead of embracing him and seeking his comfort and His wisdom through this horrific trial she chose to turn her back on God. Now ladies there's going to be times in our trials where we can see what God is doing and we can see the purpose for adversity, right? But then there's gonna be times that we're gonna go through things that we don't understand why God has allowed that trial into our lives. It is in these times that we need to respond with humble faith, trusting God to work in our lives according to his plan and purpose. You know, John Walbert said, a test is given to see if a student can pass, not pass out. Ladies, a trial is a test that is given to us not to make us pass out, not to make us turn from God, but to help us grow spiritually that we may mature in our Christian walk. First Corinthians 10:13 says that God will not allow us to go through any more than what we can handle. Now, I know sometimes it feels as though we just can't handle any more, and we ask God just like Paul. Take that thorn of flesh from him. But God knows, ladies, He knows how much we can handle and will give us the grace that we need to see us through. He may not want to remove that thorn, as with Paul, and Leo, you know, that's okay. But we need to trust God in working everything out for our good. Like Paul, this wasn't any small little thorn, it was a stake. And he asked God three times, take this from me. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Ladies, his grace is sufficient to get us through our trials that we're going through. And we have to remember there's a reason and a purpose for it. Now, John Walford goes on to say, James gave sound advice on how to score high on every test. One who brings the right attitude to the trial, who understands the advantage of the trial, and who knows where to obtain assistance in the trial will certainly end up on God's honor roll. All oh, ladies, the path of life is not always easy, is it? It's not an easy path to walk sometimes. But one thing we do know, as it says in Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things, through Christ who strengthens me. Ladies, it's not through our own strength, but through Christ who strengthens us. And that is what it's about. Learning to trust God to sustain us and help us in our Christian walk. Total surrender of our life to him as a bond servant to his master. You know, believing God exists is not the same as trusting the God who exists. Oh, it is easy to believe that God does exist, but knowing that God is in full control of your life, that nothing is going to happen to you today that God has not allowed, and that there is a reason and a purpose for everything. Ladies, through this, you will have victory over the trials. Well, as we depend on Christ to help us through these trials in our lives, this, ladies, is where we will begin to grow in our Christian walk. As it says in James one, three through four, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience, but let the patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Ah, patience, ladies, is not a passive acceptance of circumstances. It is a courageous perseverance in the face of suffering and difficulty if we are able to look beyond the present trial and see the product that God intends to produce through our suffering, we will experience joy. When our attitude is right, when we are seeking what God wants to show us and not dwelling on our circumstances themselves, then this, ladies, is where we will grow spiritually. We will mature in our Christian walk. Now, we may not always understand the specific reasons for God's allowing certain experiences to crush us and wear us down, but we can be confident that His plan is for our good. You know, it is when you crush the petals of a rose that you smell the strongest fragrance. What may look hopeless or impossible to us, ladies, never looks that way to god it is not the trial itself that is to be the ground of our joy rather it is the expectation of the results the development of our character that should cause us to rejoice in adversity so we are to have a joyful attitude an understanding mind and a surrendered will isaiah 26 3 says You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You know we need to keep our eyes on Christ and the greater goal, don't we? Just like Peter, while his focus was on Christ, he was able to walk on water, wasn't he? But the minute that he allowed the distractions around him to take his eyes off Christ, what happened? He began to sink, didn't he? ladies our focus needs to be on the greater picture knowing that God is in full control of every aspect of our lives ladies if we value comfort more than character then trials would upset us if we value material things more than spiritual then we will not find pure joy in the midst of our trials if we live only for the now and not look to the future then ladies, we're going to miss out on the true blessing that comes our way when we see the big picture unfold with God's plan and purpose in our lives. Turn over to Job chapter 23, and let's look at verses 10 through 12. It says, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Think about that, ladies. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Ladies, do we treasure God's word more than the physical food? That we eat every day we need to be walking close to the Lord don't we we need to be in his word daily communicating with him daily pursuing a deep personal relationship with him so that when these trials hit we can have confidence to know that God is working everything out according to his plan and purpose for our lives oh it is not a question of if trials come But when they come, ladies, we need to be grounded in the Lord. Martin Luther said, were it not for tribulation, I should not understand the scriptures. Ladies, the word of God is our instruction book for life. And as we go through the trials of adversities of life, this is when it transforms that head knowledge into heart knowledge. As we see in Job 42, 5, it says, I have heard of you by the hearing of my ear. But now my eye sees you. My eye sees you. That is your heart, ladies. Job went from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Now he knew God experientially. He didn't just hear of him, but now he knew him personally. When God called Abraham to live by faith, he tested him, right, in order to increase his faith. So ladies, we need to switch our thinking about trials. Instead of thinking of a trial as negative, ladies, think of it as a positive. Think about the outcome of what God is gonna do in your life as a result of that trial. Now maybe your trial is to set you straight, again in your Christian walk. Maybe you've strayed away. Maybe there is something that you are doing that God doesn't want you to be doing anymore. Well. He's gonna get a hold of you and he's gonna straighten you out with that. But maybe your trial is simply to help you mature in your Christian walk. No matter what the trial is for, there is a reason and a purpose. Ask God to give you the wisdom in understanding the trial so that you may grow spiritually. Let's look at James chapter 1, verses five through eight. Now, Wearsby said, knowledge is the ability to take things apart, while wisdom is the ability to pull them together. Ladies, God wants us to ask him for wisdom, doesn't he? In fact, it is in the Greek imperative mode here in this verse, meaning that it is a command, it is not a suggestion. The wisdom we are talking about is to seek God's guidance as we go through the various trials. When we seek God's guidance, we are saying, you know, I don't want to waste this opportunity to spiritually grow in my Christian walk. Show me what you want to do in my life. Teach me what you want me to learn. Ladies, seeking God in the midst of your trial. Verse six tells us that not only are we to ask but that we are to ask in faith. Now, does it do any good to ask for God for guidance if we don't believe that he's gonna answer that prayer? No. Verse eight says that we are double-minded when we ask for wisdom but have doubt in the answer. In fact, James compares the doubting believer to the waves of the sea, up one minute and down the next. Oh, yeah, it is easy to say, I believe God is going to work things out. But then we find ourselves keeping one hand in there, don't we? As if to say, well, if I don't see any results pretty soon, I'll have to do this on my own and solve it myself. Well, ladies, are we really letting God in the driver's seat? Or are we trying to sit halfway in and grabbing the steering wheel? We need to seek God's wisdom for each day. As we don't know what the day may hold we need to ask for God's wisdom each morning to face these various issues of life and the more that we seek God in every aspect of our lives ladies the more we are going to grow in maturity verses 9 through 11 James tells us that it doesn't matter whether a person is rich or poor healthy or unhealthy he is to rejoice in the Lord. Let's look at that. It says, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich is his humiliation. Because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. But no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower will fall, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits well apparently money and social status were real problems among the people in James's time and we still see a big problem in status today don't we well trials have a way of leveling us out whether you're rich or poor whether you are in a trial you will submit to God's will you still ask for God's wisdom to see you through that trial. It does not matter what your status is. God's goal for our lives, lady, is Christian maturity. He does not want us to stay as babes in Christ. He wants us to grow in our faith, grow in our walk, grow into who we are in Him. We need to surrender our lives to God knowing that He has a plan and a purpose for us, that He will complete the work that God has started in us. Ladies, God does not leave us out there hanging. He will equip us for the service that he wants us to do. In order to equip us, though, we will have to bear some of those trials, don't we? Which will help us to mature in our Christian walk. Look at Joseph's life. It was not an easy road, was it? But through all the trials and adversities that he went through, God was preparing him for a time that he wanted to use him in. Joseph had to suffer and wait on the Lord to see the ultimate fulfilling of God's plan for his life. So maybe when you start to look at all the trials that you have in your life, think about Joseph and think about the length of time that he went through before God's ultimate plan was revealed. God is working in your life. Ladies, God builds character before He calls us to service. He equips us for what our purpose is. If we try to go through trials without a surrendered will, we will end up more like immature children than mature adults. Now, sometimes God has to wean us, children, doesn't He? Away from our childish toys and immature attitudes. David said in Psalms 131 verse 2, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Well, James ends this section in verse 12 with the beatitude. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, when you love God and are truly seeking a deep personal relationship with him, when you are seeking daily his wisdom to sustain you in your day-to-day living, you will not fall apart when those trials come because you are secure in God's love. You are not double-minded, trying to love God and the world at the same time. And James tells us that as we endure temptations, that we will receive the crown of life. Ladies, the eternal reward for all that suffering. James teaches us that God's long-term goal for us is maturity and completeness, but his eternal goal for us is that crown of life, a rich, expression of hope. As we patiently endure by trusting God here on earth in our day-to-day lives, we will bring honor and glory to God as we mature in our Christian walk. You know, as we look forward to that wonderful reward, the crown of life, and to the one who presents it to us, ladies, that is Jesus Christ, It can be a source of our strength and our encouragement in these times of trials. Well, as we endure the trials of life, let it be a process of growth, ladies, that we must learn from them so that we can apply them to our lives. Think about what God told the Israelites. He told them to remember the 40 years in the desert in Deuteronomy 8, verses two through three. It says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Ladies, by bringing the adversity in the form of hunger in their lives during those 40 years and supplying them food, they learned that God supplies their needs. So when they got to the promised land where things were plentiful, they still knew and remembered that God would supply their needs. In order to profit from this lesson, they had to remember it, right? Well, we too, if we are to profit from the lessons that God teaches us, we must remember them. We must allow them to sink deeply into our hearts so that each time another trial comes up, we will remember how God whittled away the imperfections of our life to make us more like Him. Ladies, the Lord can do great things in our lives when we learn To wait on him it is when we jump ahead and we try and do things on our own that we get into trouble don't we think about Abraham he ran ahead of the Lord when he and Sarah were having trouble having a child and Sarah apparently seemed to be barren yet God had promised a blessing through the seed of Abraham right so Abraham decided to run ahead and solve the problem on his own by having a child with Hagar Well, this ended up being a huge mistake that has been a bad ramifications throughout history, hasn't it? Well, God has his own timing, and he had his timing for the seed of Abraham to be born. And Isaac, the seed of Abraham through Sarah, was born at the time that God wanted him to be born, not a day sooner. Moses ran ahead of the Lord, and he ended up murdering the man and spent 40 years with a sheep to learn patience. In Exodus chapter 2 verses 11 through 12, we see how Moses saw a Hebrew man being beaten and decided to kill the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. You know, ladies, sometimes we get impatient. And we think we need to help God complete the work in us, don't we? But in reality, He knows what is best and will complete the work in us in His proper timing. Well, it is when, ladies, we go through the trials of life that we grow, isn't it? When things are going good, we seem to stand still in our Christian walk. It is through the adversities in life that our faith is stretched. It is through the adversities of life that bring us to our knees where we say, okay, Lord, I surrender. If we can learn in the beginning of the trial to surrender, it would sure make the trial a whole lot more bearable, wouldn't it? Because we know that we know that we know that God is working for our good. Ladies, in closing, I'd like to read you a quote from Lehman Strauss, Who quoted another pastor he said life on earth would not be worth much if every source of irritation were removed yet most of us rebel against the things that irritate us and count as heavy loss what ought to be rich gain we are told that the oyster is wiser Then, when an irritating object like a bit of sand gets under the mantle of his shell. He simply covers it with the most precious part of his being and makes of it a pearl. The irritation that it was causing is stopped by encrusting it with the pearly formation. A true pearl is therefore simply a victory over irritation. Every irritation that gets into our lives today, ladies, is an opportunity for pearl culture. The more irritations the devil flings at us, the more pearls we have made. We need only to welcome them and cover them completely with love, that most precious part of us, and the irritation will be smothered out as the pearl comes into being. What a store of pearls we may have if we will. Oh, ladies, what are the irritants in your life that you are facing today? Count it all joy knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Knowing that every one of those irritants creates a beautiful pearl. Ladies, I have enjoyed studying God's Word with you this week, and I look forward to getting together in your homes again next week. Until then, God bless.